Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hey Leanne. Hi Andrea. <laughs> so, with a, a, a movement yeah. and a sound, tell me how you're feeling today. Beep, 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 beep. That was nice. I know. It's very like, cartoon-esque. I feel quite excited. Good. Why? I think because we just worked out how to use Adobe Audition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Episode 12. And the, and the microphone. And the microphone. Yeah. And, and I think the levels might be quite good. Possibly. And I'm off to the theatre. Yes. Not to not to see anything, but for a week of shows. Hi guys. <laughs> um, week of shows. Yeah, sure. Exciting. That's exciting. I know, I'm quite excited. Ooh. Uh, okay. Andrea. Yes. In a movement and a sound, mm-hmm. how are you feeling today? Um, oh. There's always something slightly meditative. I thought... Uh, you know, I think it's because I slept for the first time in, like, 24 hours. Ooh. Like, I had, like, a proper sleep. And then, like, I didn't get out of bed until, like, 11 yesterday. Nice. And it was just really nice. I, I had that... I liked it. Wednesday night, I slept for 10 and a half hours. Ugh. I was so pleased with that. I put it on Instagram. I <laughs> <laughs> check it out. 22 hours. You can even see my sleep, sleep cycle. It's got the whole graph and everything. Did you put that all on Instagram? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah! I felt so good. Okay, so what are we talking about today? Uh, today we, um, we're talking about, now that Andrea's got her yellow notebook back. Um, I lost it. She left it on my piano. Um, <laughs> so we are talking about the question that we are asked quite often. Yeah. And in fact, it's come up a number of times this week. Um, shout out to Jenny Nash at Physio Ed, uh, who uh, inspired this whole conversation. Um, we love you, Jenny. That, um, what does a voice coach do? In fact, what is a voice coach? <laughs> because um, we've sort of launched into doing this podcast and then we talked about what we did and some of the research that we've done and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But we haven't done. We've really spoken about what a voice coach is. Yeah. So... Yeah, we should talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you should. <laughs> um, uh, so, I'll put it to you first. <laughs> what, what, um, what is a voice coach? Let's do the simple one first. Okay. What is a voice coach? I mean, my, <laughs> my, my sort of, my, my, my response that is not helpful <laughs> Is yeah. It's a person who coaches voice. Yep. Who works with voice. Yep. Like it kind of says does what it says on the tin. Yeah. Um. And that's not that's often not sufficiently answering the question. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I also I also said the same thing. I I often don't tell people I'm a voice coach. I often tell people I'm a voice teacher, uh, just because at the moment I'm doing more teaching than coaching on things okay um but that that's a tiny particular i mean they still ask the follow-up question as what is voice i had this the other day yeah Yeah. i had this the other day and someone said to me what do you do and i said well i said (laughs) i just come from rehearsal so i said i'm an actor and uh, he said oh how wonderful um which is odd to hear i found it odd to hear because i'm so used to working with people in theater that when you say i'm an actor they go oh (laughs) and then they just kind of wander off and do something else um, but yeah, this guy was like, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I said, yeah, but I, but I teach voice a lot, most mm. of the time, actually, I teach voice. And he just, he's a 
voice and he did the action the international sign of voice mm. which is a hand from the chin and the bottom lip out into the space so then they go voice like that um check out the youtube clip for um for that i'll put a little let's do it at the same time ready voice and we'll put that little I'll gift that and I'll put it on Instagram or something. Oh, I'm going to be a gift. I've only been a gift twice in my life. I'm going to give it. make you into a gift every week. <laughs> and um, so he, he did the international sign of voice. And um, yeah, and then I and I said, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, my voice coach. And he said, so, so, so like speaking? Yeah. Accents and singing and stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And... And because we were at a dinner party <laughs> um, and there were other people talking, I didn't really want to kind of go into the minutiae of what it was that I do. Yeah. Um, anyway, but also that it wasn't really the time and the place to have that discussion. But, yeah. the, but there are more aspects to it. Yeah. Which we've sort of tried, broken down a little bit into some we have. categories. We have. But what, but what do you say when somebody says that to you? Oh. Um, again, it depends just on. Go, oh, yeah, I do. I can't, like, in a my, better question. Yeah, in my mind, I'm just like, do I have to? <laughs> um, do I have to? Do? Um, but I think um, it depends. It obviously depends on who asks me. If it's somebody who's, it tends to be that people like in the theater world kind of know what a voice coach is. Sure. Like they, they might not know exactly what it is that you do, but they've seen one of us around and they're always like, oh yeah, you're, you're the nice ones that get people to like breathe into the space or mom and me. And you're like, yeah, that's a, a portion of my job. Uh -huh, sure. um, so when you're working with that level, then it's a lot easier to, to kind of pack stuff on top of that. Um, but I often... And just kind of go like through my warm up, and I basically go, Well, yeah, so I deal with like breath and alignment, I deal with phonation, I deal with resonance, I deal with um, articulation um, and, and clarity within the training of an actor. Um, and like the, that's my responsibility in the actor training portion of it. Um, and normally they just go, oh, and they hear lots of words and they go, I don't, I don't want to know. <laughs> she just threw a whole bunch of words at me. Um, but then if they want to know more, then we just kind of go through it. I mean, it, there's almost no way for me to do it without going into what I do with like my first years on a course. <laughs> and yeah, that's normally what, like what it boils down to. I find it interesting um, the different responses I get from actors sometimes. Yeah. Because I think it really very much depends on how they felt about voice at drama school. Yes. And if they went to drama school or wherever they trained. Yeah. But my colleagues that I trained as an actor with, right. sometimes um, they'll kind of have this response to me being a voice teacher, a voice coach now, where they'll say, well, are you like this person or are you like this person? Right. And I'll go, well, I'm not kind of like either of them, really. I'm sort of a mixture of those two people plus a little bit of this and a couple of people you don't really know. Right. Um, and with the majority of it being me. Right. Yeah. Well, filtered through me. And then they kind of go, oh, I'd probably come to one of your classes. And I'm like, thanks, that's nice to know. Yeah. As opposed to kind of... That, so a lot of the people that I went to drama school with don't want the wishy-washy kind of imagistic stuff. They're kind of like, I have a good mem I've got I've got a good imagination. Right. I don't need somebody to help me with imagination. Right. I need somebody to do something more practical. Right. So often what happens is when I say I'm a voice, if I say to somebody now, I, what they say to me, what do you do now? And I say I'm a voice coach, they will often have a better response to me being a voice coach than being a voice teacher. Oh. 
because they've had better experiences of people who work in voice in a professional context right, then than they felt that they had during their training. Right, and that's okay. not any particular person, but that's kind of, they were like, I don't want to, you know, lots of people's response is often, would well, you get people to lie on the floor like we used to do at drama school all the time? I'm yeah. like, uh, sometimes. Yeah. Not very often, but yeah. sometimes. So are there mixed responses from within the theatre community as well, I find? Yeah. I... It's 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 quite interesting because I um I'm um teaching older um like more experienced um, actors and people who've gone out done their thing and then come back to school or mm. something um I get the same thing as are we gonna lie on the floor for a whole month and and breathe um in, into balloons um <laughs> and I'm like well we can if that's if that's the if that's your way into voice and that's a possibility um. Well, it's not. I'm not married to that. Um, mm. and we can do other things, and that we can try and work with it in different ways. Yeah. Um, but I do. I I have met people who are quite strongly against voice. Um, voice coaches, and they're just yeah. like, oh, like that's the first thing. I'm just like, ew. <laughs> and that and that's a big thing. I oftentimes just get people who are like, I don't really know what that is. I get a lot more positive responses though if I say I'm an accent dialect coach than if I say I'm a voice coach. Which is kind of a clearer concept, isn't it? I think people just know, like I think people know because you can hear accents, um, and you and you know that certain actors do different accents and different things. And yeah. I think you can clearly see what that is. Whereas, like as a voice coach, if you're going on to a production for a voice coach, you often, I mean, sometimes you're not even listed, um, and that's a whole sometimes. that's often. a whole big thing. Um, but oftentimes, it's like you're you're part of this kind of you're you're very important person um but the work that you do is not always see it's not like when you do mm-hmm. like a set design your set is out there you see the set and somebody's <laughs> like yes look who did that yeah like, it's relatively intangible exactly yeah. the voice is kind of like behind right. <laughs> and yet so it's much of the front, yeah and yet so much of the forefront of things as well yeah makes it really it's really obvious. If you can't hear somebody on stage, that's the first thing that people are going to complain about. Yeah, often, yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, it's and one if you, of those can't un- you can't understand them. That's a lot of times where, um, where, especially as an accent coach, that's a lot of times where I come in where it's like, we, I don't understand what they're saying. Fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the biggest thing. Fix it. I can't. I can't understand what they're saying. It's fascinating though because the the thing with um with accent is that. Yes, you can acknowledge that people have different accents and that sort of stuff. Mm. But somebody this week said to me, but when you say voice, mm. like everybody speaks. It's yeah. like, well, technically, no, that's not true. Not everybody speaks. Some people actually don't speak. But, true. but broadly speaking, yes, you're right. Everybody speaks. And then he, he said to me, but it's, he says to me, it's like learning how to cut your toenails. Nobody teaches you how to do that. And I was like, it's a bit more like learning how to walk. <laughs> Insofar as nobody teaches you how to walk, what they do is they demonstrate walking and you copy people. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with voice, right? You you learn how to speak, you learn how to use your voice, yeah, um, in an increasingly sophisticated manner as you compile and sort of um, construct grammars and you know syntaxes and language context and stuff of your own as you learn language, right? Um, and then. It's kind of like nobody, but nobody actually ever teaches you how to speak. Right. Unless there's something drastically wrong with your voice. Yeah. Or not drastically necessarily, but noticeably 
wrong insofar as it doesn't work in the way that it might yeah. and so then children sometimes if they have an impediment of some description yeah. and it is very normal for children to slightly lisp yes. uh, a sound until the age of about seven when they then eventually learn how to go rather than yeah. or the other way around yeah um and there are phonemes that take longer to achieve muscularly than others yeah but um Broadly speaking, if there is a problem mm. that people will then seek the advice of somebody clinical, yeah. right? Like a speech and language therapist or pathologist. Like my mum. Like your mama. Shout out to um, mom. Shout out to Deirdre. <laughs> and, but, yeah. if there's nothing patho- the vast majority of speech and language therapists that I know, yeah. don't deal with voice. No. Yeah. They my deal mom with and I swallowing. Yep. They deal with uh, cleft palate. Mm-hmm. They deal with um, with um, you know issues of stuttering, like, stuttering and stammering yeah. and aphasia. those kind of things. Yeah. Aphasia, dysphasia, yeah. which yeah, we get all these different types of conditions and so many more on top of that, including neurological conditions as well as that sort of stuff. And then also you're looking at it within the context of child development and language acquisition, which is not really speech, but is sort of about that as well. Mm. And then you're looking at things, again, I know lots of speech and language therapists or pathologists, depending on which side of the pond you're from, um, who only really deal in pathology. Yeah. And remediation post-operative um recuperation and that sort of stuff so if somebody's had throat cancer or they've right. had a cyst or yeah. they've had or a stroke or a getting, stroke yeah and getting the um the function back in both of the folds because one is gone yeah because yeah. they have paresis or they yeah. have paralysis or something um and and often it's also just investigative mm-hmm. so they're looking at scoping people and saying yeah, there's definitely something there, or there definitely isn't something there. Mm-hmm. And so, or that it, we can't see anything there rather than definitely nothing there. Mm-hmm. But we can't see anything there, and therefore we haven't got any course of treatment. Right. But we could send you to somebody to give you some sessions of therapy. Yeah. And yet, what almost never happens, yeah. but might be soon, and I'm <laughs> plans afoot to be doing this soon, um, is to be is to have somebody who is a voice coach Mm -hmm. to work with somebody who needs that sort of work. So often um, I'll get calls from people just saying, I need to increase my clarity. People don't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. And and they say, is that what you do? And I say, yes. Yes. And they say, but I thought I should go to a speech and language therapist. Yes. You'll have difficulty finding a speech and language therapist that deals with clarity of communication. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. In sort of vocal sense. Yeah, I think there's um I think there's definitely a, a more clinical aspect of speech pathologists and um and speech therapists um that resemble I mean it resembles their training though because to look mm. at the voice as something um that is uh more scientific and and to look at it through kind of the scientific method is we have a problem here's the solution um here's how we treat it and here's the solution of mm-hmm. it um where they think there's a lot more happening in voice coaches um there's a there's a more there's an artistry to it but it's also more about um uh, expression and you said something um, and I've written it down <laughs> right here with arrows um, about um, the separation of voice acting and communication 
Yeah, I think about it in in different contexts. Yeah. Um, I think about it in terms of the functional and mechanical aspects of voice. Right. How does it work? Is it working how I want it to work? And what can I do to address that or assist that? Mm -hmm. um, so I think about it in very physiological terms, so the sort of craft aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And then I think about it, again, separately, but also sort of allied to in terms of the creativity, in terms of the artistry, in terms of acting. How do I engage somebody who is an actor in working with their voice more expressively? Right. And then, and also within that, then it becomes about performance as well. Right. Um, which I think we'll come on to it shortly. But yeah. then the third part was about communication, because then that could be about voice in its functional state. Mm -hmm. That could be about acting in its creative state. Or that could be about working with a business person mm. who needs to be able to communicate to a large group of people to do a presentation, to, I don't know, do an interview on television. Yeah. I've had recently. Do do an interview on radio, which I'm even more worried about. Um, because just my voice. Um, so those sorts of things where it's about the communication. So am I, are we coaching the communication? Are we coaching the the application of that in an artistic way or are we just coaching pure functionality yeah i think yeah um and and obviously it depends on what your client is coming to you with mm. but oftentimes i'm i'm feeling a lot of times that i start i always start with communication um and then i kind of fold it into whatever whatever style of communication we're working with mm. so if i'm working with somebody who is um, a more corporate person we're doing a presentation then the then then it's it's quite it, and it tends to be for them too quite clear that it is about I want my ideas to sound um, intelligent to sound clear um, and to have some to wait wait to it so that you mm. care about what I'm saying um, and so I'm and that's that's the way I'm gonna that's the way I'm gonna coach that in terms of communication yeah. um, and then burn after it is more about the expression of it uh, and and that and that can also be a delicate thing as well. I'm, Absolutely. And I, I I was talking to somebody the other day about um how a lot of my job has become um not not even so much coaching but more of kind of facilitating in that um I'm not telling you what to do with your voice um, but we're trying different things and I'm kind of I'm I'm almost like the bouncer. Was that the soundboard? That sounds like the bouncer is not the right thing. But the soundboard and being like, oh, that was something. I was like, how did that feel for you? Because that sounded like this for me. Um, let's try to recreate that and just kind of like keep going in that kind of mm -hmm. a way. But it and, but it depends on the actor. It depends on how experienced they are. It depends on how they want to work. There's so many factors. There are that. lots of factors. That's There's true. Lots of That's things. very true. It's. I had an experience on Friday working with some young young actors, um, on a scene, and. Uh, they weren't really acknowledging the given circumstances of that particular situation. So right. I was like, come on, guys, page one, Stanislavski. <laughs> Let's be honest, we need to acknowledge that before we do anything else. Let's be clear. Um, w w you know, your, what's the what's the, what's emotional state is this character in? Right. And the actor said, oh, I don't know, just sort of just there. I was like, okay, well, if you look at the first line of the scene, it says she sobs. So I'm pretty sure she's upset. Mm. Um, oh, no. Okay, well, I'll have to sob then. Yeah, you will have to sob. Yeah. So um, at which point the actor, the, the, the male character's line was, oh, don't start that again. Ooh. And so I was, and he didn't even do it like I did it. <laughs> I was like, can't, can't 
can't do it without an expression, love. <laughs> but he just sort of went, oh, d- don't do that. Don't, don't, my father was, don't, don't do that again. Don't mm. start that again. It's like, how do you feel about this? Mm. And so it was, it was entirely about connecting up his authentic response yeah. to somebody crying in that moment right. and having the response that the character has in that moment right. and then being able to express that. And then when he did it a couple of times, he said, well, it, just, it feels wrong. I said, well, it sounds absolutely right. Right. And also, you've started to respond. You said, yeah, but I feel like I'm being, and I was like, the <gasps> character? Oh. And he said, oh, no, I feel like I'm just being mean. And I was like, oh. well, he is being mean. That's the point. So you yeah. have to, maybe you feel that, but you can enjoy that on a sort of, cathartic level really you can sort of you can vicariously that's the word I wanted for really but yeah. the, the, you can vicariously live this sort of mean spirited nasty moment yeah through the actions of playing a character even though you're a very nice person it doesn't yeah. just doesn't diminish your niceness and I think that comes back to you way back when we were talking about natural versus unnatural mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel natural um and there is a kind of but do, but do you, uh, you've got this thing here <laughs> Oh, what did I say earlier um, that you wanted to write down? I have it written down. Oh. It's with voice and acting. Um, expression within. Uh, the art of making yourself... The art of making yourself heard and understood in a manner that's unnatural to the self, but appears natural to others. Yeah. I wish I'd written that in my thesis, because that is that is the the conclusion I was striving for. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's a lot about natural and unnatural, and I think that, I think, um, and especially in voice, the words natural and unnatural get kind of just thrown around around all the time. Quite a bit, and I think it is quite confusing. I mean, I'm a big person on defining our terms constantly. (laughs) I think I've said it in every single podcast. I'm not sure the listeners are clear about that. Um, I think I've said it every single but define your terms um because well because everyone uses natural and unnatural in very different ways that's true that is true um but i think there's something very clear and succinct about that definition and in terms of voice that something that so because of you as a human being will bring with you things um that you've done today so maybe you're a little bit hungry because you haven't eaten in a while you're a little bit sleepy because you haven't whatever whatever. and that has composed your state of you of of leon right now at this moment both of those Um, things are true funnily enough but yeah see i'm just good i'm just good uh, (laughs) of people um i but i also just take that as a base for everyone that we're all kind of always slightly hungry and slightly tired true um but yeah, but so that's like you as a person, Leon. But your character might not be that way. Mm. Like your character might not be hungry, but he might be super, super tired, mm. right? Um, and so the voice that you would use is not going to be natural to you as Leon, but it should be natural to your character, mm-hmm. which are different. Um, and I think they're, I think they're um, getting students to understand that, that even though you yourself might not feel that this is natural, it, um, the very famous quote that um, I don't even know who said this first time, but it was, it's amazing. Um, it's not about you, right? It's not about you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with you, yeah. but it has everything to do with the performance. Mm. Um, so I don't really care how you feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to know how your character feels. And it goes the same for the voice. I don't really care 
about I mean I care about your voice and your vocal health and things like that. I do, sure, I, I do. of course you do. As a, as a as a coach, that is one of my. You have to. Yeah, that's it's one. Page of, one being a voice coach. I know. Yeah. Um, and that you're hydrated. <laughs> hydrate people. Hydrate guys. Oh. Um, but I so I do care about that on a on on a certain level. But in terms of the performance, um, what I care about is that the vocal output is matching the expression. Hmm. Um, and sometimes you do have to coach that. Sometimes that um, I you coach that in. Um, in business clients as well, right? If you're you, like, there are people who don't really know that when you're excited, you you gotta do something a little bit different. Yeah, this yeah. does not convey excitement to me mm-hmm. at all. It just kind of means that you stop. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you just okay. come in, and this is like I don't really know that you're excited from that. Uh, sometimes um, when directing, I will. Or, or coaching <laughs> so often when directing because it's you have a little bit more scope to be mean but um <laughs> but i so, sometimes i'll say to the actor how's the character feel about that right now mm. super excited now super excited now <laughs> mm. could you let your voice know <laughs> and your face if you can let your face and your voice know all of it that would be awesome yeah. because then will know because those are the two things that really give it away yeah just a little bit of facial expression yeah and then the voice note yeah that'd be really great yeah those guys um often it's received with a rolling of the eyes and a should we do it again then um so so we've talked about a lot of things um, we really have we, we have and, we have... and i think what would be interesting mm-hmm. or at least useful is to go back and articulate each of those things in a podcast episode in and of itself yeah. Because talking about voice for acting, mm-hmm. I mean, that will be a whole series, let's be honest. Yeah. And we do have quite serious plans afoot to speak to cause some quite serious and very exciting voice coaches. I'm excited. Hi, guys. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and there's there's plans for maybe like a roundtable discussion that mm-hmm. we will put on the Patreon site. Um, and so, so, sorry, but you'll have to like subscribe to that because... Um, yeah, it's going to be quite a cool thing. Yeah. And that'll be fun to subscribe to. But, like, there'll be stuff that's going to go on, and, and I think that's a huge area of interest, not just for us, but that is a huge area of interest in theatre generally. Yeah. Um, and also the physiology of voice and that sort of stuff. But, again, we've got plans to talk to some clinicians. Yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah lots of communication experts in different means and different ways and if you are an expert in any of those things in voice for actors in communication or in the physiology and and acoustics of voice we would love to hear from you so get in touch um so that we can organize an episode whether that's here in the brick lane studio chez moi or it could be like online it could be online. We can do that as well. We can do it online. We've done that before. Or we can come to you. <laughs> we can come to you. Maybe we should... Um, we travel. Travel. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what have you realised? <laughs> what have I realised? Um, one is I probably need to get a better definition of what I do. Like a succinct definition. Because mm. um, I do kind of find that I, I, I do feel that I'm being dismissive sometimes when people ask me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not a simple it's not a simple thing as being like I'm a psychologist or like I'm a teacher yeah, yeah. I'm a you know I'm, I'm multifaceted uh, multidimensional mm. I do lots of different things I bring joy I bring pain I bring expression you bring pain yeah well the, now you step back I don't get I don't enforce pain 
Um, yeah, so Just that's... enjoy it. Um, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I need... direction. I need a... Yeah, we've got to bring it back. Um, so yeah, I, I, I need a more succinct way of, of talking about what I do. Mm. Um, what have you learned? I've realized that I kind of... And it's happened this week quite a lot. That I've compartmentalized quite a lot of things mm. in my approach artistically no not artistically technically mm, okay and so i think about the vast majority of my performance strategy as um as like as like individual sliders on a soundboard like a sound desk yeah okay like one of those big it. you know la in the valley kind of places where there's like just so much sound desk it's not even funny i went straight into a star is born and now i'm crying on the inside right yeah. there you go mm-hmm. so like there's loads of sliders that you can kind of go hmm, i need a little bit more of this a little bit less of that a bit more of that da, da, da. and i kind of calibrate things and i kind of work it all out and then i test that and i go hmm, does that work i think it kind of works and then i go look at the director which has been happening in my you know because i'm on stage playing Scrooge at the moment. Um, Theatre Royal Windsor, guys, come along. Um, that if, that, that then it's sort of calibrated relative to the response that the director has and says, yes, no, try it like this, do it some other way. And I'm like, okay, cool. And then I have to go, what is it that I'm actually changing that needs to happen to make that happen? Like yeah. to make the note acknowledged and yeah. to, to really service the note and take the note. Um, and increasingly, I'm understanding that the compartmentalization and the sort of individuality or the sort of discreteness of those things is quite unusual. I feel like lots of people sort of do it, they kind of, rather than having little sliders, they might just have like a, a big, a big sort of, I wouldn't say big knob, but that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> but they've got like a big sort of dial that they kind of go turn it, just turn everything up more or turn everything down more. And, yeah. it's, and it needs, and sometimes what we do as voice coaches is we sort of say, you don't have to turn everything up, you only need to do this one thing. Right, yeah. And so that's that's occurred to me that I do that across the whole of my performance life, whether yeah. that's musically, whether that's acting, whether that's voice, whether that's... Um, as a teacher, as a coach, whatever. And I think that's really, it's been, it's sort of coming into focus quite a lot this week. Yeah. So um, um, a teacher of ours, and I can't remember which one, but I know it was a teacher of ours that we had and shared together sure. in a classroom, um, said, um, talked about bringing your entire self into the room. Hmm. Um, and not just, um, which always stuck with me, but not not just your musician self and not just your actor self and not just your teacher self, but bringing your whole self in mm-hmm. because... Um, because whoever you're working with will um, will gain um, an incredible amount of value from everything that you have mm. and not just one bit of it or another bit of it or another bit of it. And I think we do tend, and, I, and especially in theatre, because there is this thing with acting and voice yeah. um, where, that you're not coaching the acting, but you're coaching the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got to be quite uh, particular and quite careful about that, that we're not stepping on toes and... Um, and giving direction um, and, you know, and doing other things other than what we were brought in to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that can that can put us in the mind of, okay, we need to compartmentalize and we need to put this in this box and this in this mm. box and this in this box. Um, 
but there are aspects um, of direction, of acting, of of music, of all that kind of stuff in voice as well. And it yeah. is it's a very tricky it's a tricky place to be in. I think it is a tricky place to be in. And and what I've enjoyed weirdly not weirdly brilliantly beautifully is in the last couple of weeks is um is not having any kind of directorial or voice responsibility other than my own right yeah um and just playing a character yeah um and in the playing of the character i'm not thinking about what i'm doing technically i am just He's doing i'm yeah. just responding i'm just God, some moment. Um, I'm just, <laughs> and I sort of present. am. No, I'm just I'm present. present. I am present. That's really true. And uh, apart from when something goes horrifically wrong, and I'm like, yeah. mm, we have to do something about this. But it's, it's a sort of ninety percent. I remember my youth theatre director saying to us, you "Have to have at all times ninety percent kind of creativity and ten percent technical awareness." Mm. And I was always like, "Really? I thought you just have to throw yourself into it." But yeah. of course, a hundred percent just. Artistry, artistry could be potentially quite dangerous yes. and so actually that 10% technical awareness means that when that you're standing in the right place when the curtain falls right. for the interval yes. otherwise it'll land on your head yes and you don't want that because curtains are really heavy yes um, plus they're weighted at the bottom so it's not fun mm. so like all this st- it, what, it's been really interesting not to have that responsibility for, for the first time in quite some time yeah um, and just take responsibility for my process my my own doing and um it seems to through many years of practice and that articulation of those moments it it seems to have it seems to be able to coalesce more easily and Mm. consolidate itself more quickly and more and more pleasingly for me yeah it's been really it's been really nice really enjoyed it oh having a good time this week (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm glad you're having just a great week. Thanks. You're welcome. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at Can You Hear Pod or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast. Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. Or email us at Can You Hear Me at the back at gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter at Leon Trayman. Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement-free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!